We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. As promised earlier in the week, we're giving you a full boxing show to kind of sandwich in between our MMA and pro wrestling shows this week. If you haven't checked out our pro wrestling show, make sure you do that. It was great. That dropped on Tuesday. Today, though, all about boxing. It was a stacked boxing weekend. We just came off of an all-women's card that completely delivered. We had the return of Deontay Wilder. We had Devin Haney defending his undisputed crown as well. So plenty of boxing to talk about. And one fight this weekend, Lara versus San Martin going down, 126-pound division. Right now, one of my favorite divisions in boxing because it's super wide open. So we'll talk about that fight going down this weekend. But Dre to kickstart everything. I'm going to be truthful. I was like, we ain't talking about this motherfucker again. Like we just talked about Kanye West last boxing episode. So I will say we're talking about the events surrounding one Kanye West, because I'm tired of talking about him. What makes him tick? What makes him do it? Does he care? I'm, I'm over that aspect of it. But we're now talking about the people around him and the people who enable Kanye West to continue doing what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about Kanye either. I'm kind of sick of him. But, you know, since the last time we talked, he uh, went on Drink Champs. I won't three watch and a half, it. Three and a half hours. Yeah, I won't I won't watch it. Um, I've seen the clip where he talked about George Floyd fentanyl. And, uh, yeah, there's a um, – the reason why I want to talk about this is because, you know, Facebook is like hell. So when you go on Facebook, there are people who say things that you're like, you're real. Like people like this are out there and they're close to you. Right. So I saw people saying, well, the, you know, the media wants to silence Kanye, Kanye West because he's speaking truth. And I was like, no, it's not happening. Um, don't there's a lot of people buying into Kanye shit right now. Uh, I don't think we're done with Kanye. The fact that he still has a platform, the fact that over, I don't know how many million people have watched that Drink Champs thing. It, it did like half a million in like less than an hour. Means that there are people interested in there are people that believe in the cult of Kanye, uh, which is a scary thing. And the reason why I say this is because, you know, he goes on Drink Champs and you know, I think my man Aqua from Hip Hop Wired did a 
a written rundown of what he thought about to save us time from watching it. And, you know, he still blames the Jews for everything, which is new. Um, and, you know, he kind of, in so many words, wants to get rid of Jews. And he wants to blame Jews for everything that's happened to him, that they're banning him. And then he spends all this time talking about how his, the mother of his children has kidnapped their children, which that's not how this works. And uh, the lies about George Floyd and Black Lives Matter and all the other shit. The problem is, is that we have to deplatform Kanye West. We got to start giving him our precious oxygen for him to light these fires. And there are people in my time when I was like, well, just don't watch it. Well, it's, it's bigger than that now because he's not like a guy who has 20,000 followers or 80,000 followers or 75,000 followers or a half a million followers. He has a ton of followers and influence over this community and this culture and society. And if you give him a platform to say the things that he says, there are people that are going to say, oh, they're just trying to silence Kanye West. The problem with all this is, is that when people say those are just words or you could turn it off, this is, this is, a, uh, this is going to sound ridiculous at first, but I want you guys to understand. This kind of propaganda and nonsense is what caused the Holocaust. When you spread lies and untruths and people start believing those untruths, they create a cult of untruths. And then people who want to follow through with those untruths and do things that are even more significant than the person saying them. Case in point, Donald Trump. Another case in point, Charles Manson. Charles Manson never laid a hand on anybody, but he convinced his followers to murder people. I'm not saying Kanye's out here convincing people to murder people. What I'm saying is that influence, if, if you're going to be responsible enough to have a platform, you have to be responsible enough to understand what the influence of him saying lies and you not challenging him on those lies can do to a community and the dangers that it poses. And Noriega giving Noriega in revolt, especially after Kanye said, fuck Diddy for him to still get that platform made it so transparent. There's more for clicks and views than it was for responsibility. Cause it wasn't like Noriega and DJ FN were challenging Kanye West on anything. They were basically just giving him the platform to sound off. Nori okay. would say things like, Oh, well, I don't know about that, Kanye, but that's not challenging somebody. And that's where journalistic integrity comes into play. And what Nori is, no respect to Nori, because I think I listen to Drink Champs. I think it's a fun conversation between artists and Nori because Nori's been around for so long. But that's what it is. It's a conversation. It's not really an interview. It's a conversation. When you have journalists who have a background to fact check and challenge their subjects, things like what Kanye West did won't happen because we'll say, hey, (laughs) that's a lie. The George Floyd fentanyl thing? Nope. That's a lie. You can't go around saying that shit. More importantly, uh, we need to challenge Kanye what the the, the uh, definition of a free thinker is. A free thinker is basically what conservatives made up to say a bunch of bullshit and not be challenged for it. That's all a free thinker is. There is no such thing as a free thinker. Because if it was, Kanye wouldn't allow Candace Owens to influence him so much. All the information he just got was from Candace Owens' documentary on George Floyd. It wasn't like he did the research yeah. and came up with a free thought that he created with his own mind. He was, is being fed by conservatives and right-wingers information, and now he's spewing that information. I said on a few, a few episodes ago, all Kanye wants to do is be different. His whole goal is, I want to be counter whatever's cool right now because I'm Kanye West. Fuck reading the book. Fuck knowing anything. Whatever I say goes. I'm 
Balenciaga or I'm Ralph Lauren or I'm what it like. He likes Donald Trump because he's different. That's all Kanye wants to do. But what he doesn't realize, these words are dangerous. So at a certain point, we just got to stop giving him our oxygen. Like I said, a fire doesn't care what it burns down. If you give it oxygen, it'll just get bigger. That's real life. And if you take away the oxygen from a fire, it'll go out. We got to stop giving Kanye our oxygen. I've had enough of this shit. The key is, though, $6 billion buys one hell of a platform. In fact, he bought a platform. <laughs> he bought a part. failing platform. He got, yes, he, he went for the jig. He bought, like, for those who saw, Kanye is, is in talks, is not done to purchase Parler. Parler is that uh, right wing platform like the conservative Twitter. Funnily enough, Candace Owens' husband is the CEO of Parler. So she basically chummed it up with Kanye, hoodwinked him into buying a failing platform, thinking he can do something with it. And a fool and his money part ways very easily. And that's what they're about to do to Kanye West. But it's no coincidence that he bought a platform that's ran by Candace Owens' husband. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. He's got a lot of money, but he's worth a lot of money versus how much he actually has. Like, I'm not saying he's broke, but I have a feeling if he keeps going in this direction, he will be broke. There's a reason why NFL players that have massive contracts end up broke. Yeah, They don't spend properly. Kanye's got a lot of money, but the Adidas deal, the Gap deal, all these things are falling apart in front of him. It's very likely in 10 years that Kanye West is filing bankruptcy and broke as Kanye broke can be. Not broke like me and you, but he'll be still, he won't have the money that he used to have. It's very, a very realistic option. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of and what people don't see is like a lot of the billionaires and people get to be billionaires and so on and so forth constantly invest. They constantly change their portfolio. They constantly get into the new hot thing, keep buying. And a lot of those are publicly traded. So you'll go and, cool, I'll become like the majority owner of this, the minority owner of this. You're all on the books. People want you on their board. It looks great. You're a billionaire. If Kanye isn't in those positions, the shares he has is probably the shares he has. But if they try to force him out and he has to sell that, and now the assets become very real. Oh, he'll blow through that real quick because yeah. there's nowhere else to turn. There's no other company to invest. You can invest in right wing things. To my knowledge, I haven't seen one of these startups or companies or anything that have gone on since Trump has been out of office succeed. So good luck. I mean, you'll be doing movies with Gina Carano. Have you seen one of those? I, I haven't. No. So. I think maybe her and Cowboy Cerrone are something, but I'm not positive of this. So at this point, it's a bad business model. If we just take it for its core as Kanye the businessman, it's a horrible business model. I don't know who's in this corner in terms of business. I mean, Gap You're not used listening to, be. to anyone. Adidas used to be. It's funny because he keeps talking about Elon and all the people that he looks up to. Um are people that I don't know how friendly he truly is with those people. And if those people are really interested in seeing Kanye survive, like Elon will basically say, Oh, Kanye, I'll give you your Twitter back. But will will he give Kanye like $500 million? I don't think so. <laughs> so. And furthermore, it's like, there's a difference between Kanye West and Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather money keeps making money. Floyd Mayweather is not going to be broke anytime soon, whatever, regardless of what people tell you, they, they don't know shit. Cause Floyd has invested in real estate which is always one of the best ways to make money until the recession happens. You got to figure out how to get through all that, but he has made proper investments and then he continues beating up YouTubers for like $80 million. He's never going to be broke. Yeah. Kanye on the other hand is in the tough spot where 
he's not even in a tough spot. He's burning bridges left and right. And the people that he thinks is, has his back won't have his back anymore. But I don't give a shit. If he fails, he fails. I don't care. I, I don't I don't care one way or another. I don't care about somebody who says I I don't read. I don't care about the opinion of somebody who just says hateful things and think there's no ramifications and thinks that the Jewish media, like where did Kanye get this shit from? The Jewish media. Where, like who told him this? Conspiracy. It was definitely like some hand-to-hand word-of-mouth type shit. Like he didn't super read that. conspiracy theory. No, there's like no basis of that. He's he's now in a mode and successful people being around them in sports, such um, other avenues, the ones I've seen just throughout my life, they are very successful. They handle success fairly well most of the time. Like they, they don't shy away from success. They're comforted by that. They're used to those things. Many don't even celebrate their successes because that's just every day. They're comfortable at that. Failure is terrifying to these people. The, the, even the notion of getting close to something failing. Oh, something's about to fail? Cool, we're folding that shit. Even if we've got to do bankruptcy, we're starting something new tomorrow because I need something to pop off. I need something because right. they're scared to death. He is in that mode now where, okay, my gap thing is going down. My Adidas thing is going down. Well, is that on me? No, I'm not going to blame myself. And I don't want this. For, who can I blame? Why is this failing? Because I'm a genius. It's not failing because of me. Oh, it's their fault. It's the Jewish meeting. Like what? Like, sir, I, no. I promise Kanye, the Jewish community ain't thinking about your ass at all. I like that. Man. Now, I mean, now they, to, now, now, you know they yeah, the now they are. Now they are. Yeah. Now they are. Planned Parenthood is the Holocaust Museum of the Black community is what he said. Like, why are you lying, bro? Like, you don't know anything. But the people that agree with you are even dumber. Because anybody who's ever read anything, like, I don't have a bookshelf in my house for for uh fucking decoration, right? I read the books <laughs> that I purchase, and I read the books I went to the library. I'll be reading books my whole life, and the things that Kanye says, I can say, are unequivocally lies. There is nothing to back them. They're just straight up conspiracy theory. And when he says that, like, yes. There are Jewish people in the music industry. There are because they made that their home after the Holocaust. Like a post-Holocaust uh, entertainment industry was a lot of Jewish people do have hands in the industry, but that doesn't mean they're out to get you. It's it's crazy for him to think that. But when he goes on to say like the Jewish media is banning me and the uh, the, the left winger, like what are you talking about? You know nothing, but you've admitted that you don't read. So who <laughs> Kanye is only influenced by whoever he's around. Right. In his own ideas, like we all have a friend who don't read shit and just stupid as hell, but they're always telling us what they read. And the worst thing is now we're in a world where nobody fact checks anything. You just go on social media and say what you want or they're gathering their information from like TikTok and they're gathering information from like blogs that lies like my mother in law, love her to death. But she's always coming to me with something that she read on social media like it's truth. And I'm like, that's not it several of those in my family yeah it's like they ask me stuff because i work in the music industry like oh i heard such and such about mariah carey and i'm like no oh i heard such and such about something no stop reading that stuff they are literally making shit up 
but nobody checks it anymore, right? Yeah. There used to be a process. You know this. You worked in the newsroom. You couldn't yeah. just throw anything up there. There had to be a, at least a couple sources, or you had to have somebody close. You couldn't take fourth-hand information and share it with the world. No. That's what Kanye West <laughs> is doing. He's ridiculous. That brings us. That brings us to the next point: misinformation, him spewing lies. Now we're getting into: is someone liable for these things? If it is not Kanye, who is? Who is at fault? Can you now be legally at fault? Because we're in a political cycle right now. My entire YouTube, every commercial is a fucking campaign commercial. Every single one. But there's one, I forgot. I think it's against like here in like Nevada. It's against like Dina Titus or some shit, whatever. So like the Republicans like spewing shit against her. And they both go back and forth. But there's one specific commercial where it's like, Dina Titus did, and then it goes silent. And there's just the words on the screen. And it's like released prisoners who have sexual assault convictions, blah, blah, blah. And then they say, do you want to vote for that person? And then they just write the words again. And they say like, she gave all this money to incarcerated people. And I'm like, yo, it's so crazy because people read that and be like, she did that. It's like, yo, they cut off the volume and don't say that because they then be liable for what they said they could get yeah. sued if it's false information so they'll put the big ass bold letters and probably in the bottom right there's a disclaimer saying like these facts may not be 100 percent true but no one's gonna read that shit and now they're like covered on all aspects kanye at this point revolt did the same thing they put it up on their thing like hey these are the thoughts and beliefs of our guests this does not reflect us but sooner or later it does no, he had to come out and apologize. I just looked on uh, Revolt's YouTube to get your answer of what is it up to now. It's gone. Yep. Taken down. But that's everywhere now. A million other accounts ripped that. Yeah, it's everywhere. You've you can't already that. monetized in 48 hour, hours what you need to monetize. Yeah. All right. So there's there's a couple things. One, like when you talk about political campaigns, for instance, like in, in Nevada, Steve Sisolak's running for governor, right? Yeah. The, the, the opposition's commercial says Steve Sisolak's under federal investigation. Well, if you don't know any better, they're always under federal investigation. <laughs> their money's under investigation. How they spend their campaign funds is under investigation. They're clever in a way they frame it to make it seem like He's doing something wrong, but they're always under federal investigation. That's no surprise. Political campaigns are smart enough to know there are certain things that we can put out there as long as we don't implicit. Like we could say, uh, you know, Dina Ty has let out prison. But the reality is, is that they got out on bail or some shit like that. Like there's there's a lot of channels that these go through. The problem with what Kanye is for a lot of people that don't understand what slander is. Slander is real. It's not just a, a term that you sling at your friends like you're slandering me. Is legal. And when he said George Floyd died of fentanyl, like what what Kanye West should have done or should have, somebody should have told him was that, uh, what's his name, Adam Jones just paid a whole bunch of money for lying on dead people. Why? Because it caused the family distress. The dead person can't defend themselves from these lies. And you're talking about a shooting. You claim it's a conspiracy. And these people are dealt hardships. I say it all the time. We're a litigious society. We can sue for anything in America. Right. And damages aren't physical damages. It could be how it handles your family. You can't get a job. Like those things affect people. So when Kanye West goes out there and says that basically 
that George Floyd would die from being a drug addict and not from a cop sitting on his neck for eight minutes. It creates there are going to people that are going to attack the Floyd family and the Floyd family is going to sue because they're slandering. He's slandering a dead person. Legally, you cannot do that. And that's where lawsuits and civil suits come from. And I saw people like, oh, the Floyd family just wants money. You know how you make people shut up? Hit them in their pockets. A lot of times you can't punch them in the mouth because that won't shut them up. But if you take their money, that's how you change things. Like the police department. People always get upset. Oh, the police department's going to go to jail. It's never going to go to jail. It's the police. But if you were able to sue the police department, hit them in the pockets for several million dollars for a wrongful shooting, that'll change things. Deshaun Watson, the civil suits he had to deal with. Settling out of court does not mean that you're not guilty. Settling out of court means you don't want to deal with this shit anymore, and it doesn't make it to trial, so you can't be a criminal. But in Kanye's case, he's probably going to settle out of court because he's not going to want this to go to trial. He's not going to want this to go that far. But it's not because the family wants money. It's because Kanye needs to shut the fuck up. But guess what? He could shut the fuck up, but we didn't give him a platform for him to say this nonsense. If Nori, Drink Champs, Revolt, the producers, everybody behind that show was like, nah. or they recorded it and there was like just like LeBron the and shop. Maverick did with yeah. the shop and we're like, we ain't airing this shit. That's it. Maybe you give them the platform and you recognize like, nah, that shit ain't gonna work. Cause if, if I kill, if I got on your on this show today, right? If I if I was a guest on your show and I was like, I like beating women, you have to make a decision. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> you either challenge me on this or you say that shit ain't gonna work. We ain't airing this. Yep. Matter of fact, I'm t- telling on you. <laughs> like you, I, you like to beat up women, but Nori was just basically Kanye basically said, "I want to kill people," and Nori was like, "That's interesting, Kanye. Have another shot." That's not how you journalists. That's, that's not great. how you do journalism, right? Like you just don't. And that's what Kanye. Oh, it has Kanye in deep water now, and it's his fault, and everybody else around him enable him. I don't know who's going to suffer at the end of the day, but the people that follow these words, because we are a dumb society that refuses to read books. We got to smarten up. We got to smarten up and stop giving this man a platform. It's ridiculous. You mentioned the the people and who will follow. Like, there's a lot of people. The number one comment behind all of this now is, what about freedom of speech? First Amendment. You can't oh take that God. down. Like, oh, y'all are hating because he's just spewing his opinions. That's all he's doing. Right or wrong. You can't shut the man up. See, you guys don't care about freedom of speech. Those people bother. Because, again, people don't read. People don't know what's in the First Amendment. <laughs> they don't know what that is supposed to be, where it stands, how it is used. They, they don't care. They Freedom of speech means, like, if I'm in a third world country, I can be killed for the shit that I say. So now you have an opportunity to say what you want. But guess what freedom of speech doesn't protect you from? Consequences. Yep. If I go out there and I say whatever I want, and somebody says, I don't want to give you my platform. It's not censoring. That's just my choice to not give you my platform. Freedom of speech allows you to say those things without legal consequences and ramifications. Kanye hasn't legally been hit with anything for the things he said, except for slander, which is going to be a civil case. But that's not banning him. That's not violating his freedom of speech. Like, y'all people are dumb. They say shit like this. Freedom of speech is legal. It's not, this has nothing to do with shutting him up. It's basically, you can say what you want, but guess what? I don't have to listen to you. I don't have yep. to agree with you. I can say, nah, I'm not obligated to share what you just said. 
you can say whatever you want. That don't mean you got to say it here. Yeah. And that's the the basis of it. Because him saying it on that show, listen, disclaimer, all that shit aside, they could be looped into that civil suit. Yep. They could try to beat it, but you're going to spend money on this lawyer. You're going to spend something. We're going to hit you somewhere. And then you're going to have to prove this disclaimer because you allowed this shit to come out. So that's, it, that's it, 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 it. Everybody's going to learn a valuable lesson from this, and hopefully, in the future, we we realize like no, but not everybody's deserving of our platform. All clicks ain't good clicks, and we have to just be very careful with what we endorse, what we share. Like we live in a different world than it was. Like I said, the be, the beginning of this, the whole thing is like the Holocaust didn't start because Hitler just woke up one day and was like, "I'm murdering Jewish people." He got people to believe the things that he said. And that's how movements start. That's how cults start. That's how, that's how everything starts. It's through propaganda. And if, if we're not shutting down dangerous speech that is targeting people, the end result may not be in, the blood might not be on Kanye's hands, literally, but figuratively, it, it would be. If somebody went out there and was like, I love Kanye. I mean, shit, the, the Capitol got stormed because of donald trump yep because the they stole the said. election right and the, so the, the blood figuratively is on his hands and that's why there's a whole fucking trial about it so we gotta stop giving kanye a platform man he's gotta go yeah someone ran up on pete davidson and called him skeet and shot him like what are you doing whose right. fault is that exactly like words words have power and kanye seems to be flexing that power right now for better or worse, he's trying to see how far he can take this. But it's like watching a train wreck, right? Like we, it's one of the things we don't want to talk about all the time, all this, but we're watching the train wreck in real time. And yeah. it's hard to look away. The end is not going to be good. Nah, man. I mean, we're watching Herschel Walker clearly have CTE. And that man same- is a whole different, a whole different world. Talk about not reading. I'm not sure if he can read. I don't know either, but he, he's the fact that he's allowed to get this far says a lot about our society. Like, why does Herschel Walker, why is he getting this far? Because he ran for a bunch of touchdowns? This is a great collegiate running back? Like, this man is not, but again, once Donald Trump became the president, all, all bets were off. You can be anything you wanted to be to run for president. He proved that. For better or worse, he proved that. There may be another way to flip it, and it works in our favor, but right now, it worked for him. And now you got people like Herschel Walker saying, I don't remember giving that lady money to get an abortion. I'm a cop. Here's my I'm a cop. (laughs) Damn Paw Patrol. And he might win. He might might win win because people are stupid. That's how Trump won. The crazy thing is Trump became president as a direct result of Barack Obama being president. Nothing else. There would be no Trump if there wasn't an Obama. Trump would have never ran for president. It went so far to the left for conservatives that they needed to go the, the, as hard right as they possibly could to get a radical in office. And it was only because they hated uh, seeing a black man in office. They'd be damned if a white woman was going to be in there next. <laughs> Crazy. It's, it's wild to watch. There's as many fireworks and craziness and politics and that end of things as there are in boxing. But we're here to talk boxing. So let's hit our break, come back and talk about the world that is boxing off 
three cards from last weekend, preview this weekend's card, and we'll talk about a random-ass press conference that woke me up at 4 a.m. today. So we'll give that a quick talk right after the break. You guys don't go anywhere. All right, jumping right back into things. Time to talk boxing. Less Kanye West, thankfully. Dre, we had three big boxing cards last weekend. We have a good fight coming up this weekend. He's a good main event for the featherweight division happening this weekend. But this morning, 4 a.m., I get up. I was like, uh, you know what? It's early. You're probably up around this time with the baby. I'm not used to being up around this time. I do the one eye open, Joy. And when I open, I look over. Why is my phone lit up? Pick up my phone. Tyson Fury versus Derek Chisora. Three. Coppinger reported a while ago. But now it is official. And randomly, they scheduled a press conference. And I was just like, hey, this some shit. I got to wake up. Going down December 3rd. What a trash fight. Uh, yeah, but what else is there to do? Do you rather men not fight? Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, say, wait, that might be. And, and the reason why is because of the bullshit he just pulled more than anything else. Like, if he would have just shut up and fought Derek Chisora, fine, whatever. Nobody wants to see it. You already beat the man twice. You knocked him out once and won an easy de- decision. All that's going to do is you're going to give this man CTE. That's all that's going to happen because Derek Chisora don't know how to quit. Giving him two million quid. I don't even know how much quid is, but it, it got to be equal to dollars. Two that's million quid. You got the man paid, but all those lies about fighting Anthony Joshua, I just hated it. I told y'all I hated it. I told you it wasn't going to happen. It was never going to happen. The plan since August was Derek Chisora. That was always a plan. And now we're here in a fight that I absolutely do not give a shit about. I don't care at all. No, Dubois is on the undercard as co-main. That should be pretty fun to see if he can get a knockout. But no, this is going to be easier than Fury's last fight. It's It's... Look, man, at least Dillian White has won fights, right? Yeah, Dillian White's not horrible. No, Derek Chisora, like, you're getting your friend paid. That's all this all this is. Furthermore, Tyson Fury can't fight in the state, so, you know. Yeah, so you need someone of, of you know, British descent, I guess, Yeah, you to, to help you out man. on that. It's just, it's, it's, oh, man, it's, what, what a shitty close to 2022 we're about to have. Like, we started off. A lot of people thinking, oh, man, Spence and Bud are going to fight November 19th. Nope. Probably ain't going to fight till the first half sometime next year. Going from all accounts, I talked to Dan Raphael at my podcast the other day, and he seems to believe it looks, it's looking more like February. Keith Eidick said the same thing, if it, if it happens at all at this point. Yeah, I think it might happen maybe a little later, but we'll see. Yeah, it, I mean, but we're at, a, we're at a spot where Errol just posted on Twitter that he's fed up. I could have fought already, he tweeted. Yep, he's tired Good of being at 147. Yeah, it's one. hard to keep that weight off because he's got he's got to stay around that weight until this fight happens. And Terrence, and this is no disrespect to Terrence, he's hard headed, so he ain't gonna just take any shitty deal. So and it might not even be shitty. He just thinks he wants more, and whatever it is, it, the shit ain't shitting, <laughs> and we don't have a fight, so we don't have that fight. Bob Aaron feeling real good about himself right now, though. Bob yeah. Aaron's like, see, <laughs> it wasn't me. Then uh, Tank and Ryan Garcia kept teasing a fight. That shit ain't happening. 
Javante got legal problems. He got a case like he got a week after on. that. Yeah, like but stop playing. And then Tyson Fury is like, oh, Anthony Joshua. That ain't happening. So what's the biggest fight we have in the fourth quarter of 2022? The fight. Yeah. Is October count? Does this count as the fourth quarter? No. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we've had big fights. Yeah, yeah. We we've had our big fights already. Like um Jake Paul. Jake Paul oh, Anderson Silver is the biggest fight in the fourth quarter. And that's no disrespect to Loma, no disrespect to Shakur. Yeah. But that's Jake crazy. Jake that's Paul crazy. is the biggest fight. But we were supposed to have three big fights. Yeah, and no disrespect to Bivol, but it's not Jake. He's not Jake Paul. No, and but that's crazy. You have a YouTuber and an old MMA fighter having the biggest boxing match of the fourth quarter. Yeah. Because if you go through October, yes, we just had a, a nice slate of fights. But in terms of Main Street appeal and big fights, we ain't got shit. No, nah, we're gonna Fury. Fury's I'm taking a vacation. Isn't even a. Isn't even gonna be a paper. It's gonna be a no, e+. no. Dog, it's bad. And usually fourth quarters usually don't have a lot, but I'm just saying they really teased out like oh, the tank that it was we, gonna we, crush. Yeah, we were like, I was skeptical. I knew tank and Ryan wasn't gonna happen. I knew that Fury and Josh was gonna happen, but I just kept hearing people, yeah, it is, yeah, it is like it's not gonna happen, guys. It's not gonna happen. I just thought at least they would fight. Like, even if they're not gonna fight each other, same thing with Spence and Bud. If you're not gonna fight each other and we gotta wait anyway, just fight. November. Yeah. Fight in December. Like same thing with Tank Ryan. Like, yo, just fight. I know Ryan wants to fight. Yeah, Ryan, fight JoJo. Tank. Fight fight Isaac Cruz again. Then you know what? We push this to April, March, whatever. But now nobody's fighting. Now There's nobody's very, fighting. Yeah, paralysis so, by analysis. Yeah. So Fury's fighting Chisora. Um, that's all we got. But then you start running down the list. Uh there's so many people that have only fought once this year and it's not a for men's boxing, not a great year towards the end of the year. Not a great year. You know how had a great year? Women's boxing. Women's Women. boxing absolutely crushed it this year. Incredible. I mean, when you bookend Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano to pretty much start the year, I think that was closed like first quarter around there. Yep. And then now you come back with, even though it was delayed, still a big fight. We have Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. It's the biggest year in women's boxing history. Oh, by four. By Two four. sellouts, one in New York, one across the pond in London. It, it was just amazing throughout. This card for Clarissa Shields was amazing because it's an all-women's card. And usually people are like, oh, the women's fights. Every, every fight was exciting. I enjoyed every fight on that card. You get to the co-main and, co-main and the main have real heat. Yeah. They got real beef. And it's like, yo, I want to see these fights. And the co-main, Alicia Bumgarner versus Michaela Mayer. One, Alicia Bumgarner came out to Glorilla. Yeah, she did. She she, she met she, business. She got it. Alicia Bumgarner oh. has it in yeah. spades. Yes. And uh, Michaela Spice Girls it up. The entrances were amazing. They all got yeah, the man. AJ. They all got the Anthony Joshua entrance package. Yeah, so man. that was incredible crowd sold out going crazy you get to the ring and then the bell rings and it's like all right one person i wouldn't even say that but there was all this built up animosity between the two and for the first three rounds we got a pure boxing match yep and 
on Michaela's end, we got the opposite of aggression. Yeah. To the point where the harder punches getting landed by Bumgarner. Bumgarner was dancing around. She had energy. She was in. She was out. She was fighting at a distance where I, I think she's like four inches shorter than Michaela. Like the game plan was supposed to be she has the power. She gets inside. If you're on the outside, Michaela has the advantage. She's the Olympian. She's the boxer. She can pick her apart. So none of that for the first three rounds. And it wasn't like Alicia did an incredible job. She threw two or three flurries in those rounds. They looked great. She landed, and Michaela threw nothing. I gave her the first three rounds. Easy. So now in a 10-round, two-minute-per-round fight, six minutes in, Michaela's down 3-0. Off rip. To Michaela's credit, she turns around um, around the fourth round, and then, okay, by the time we get to the eighth round, I think it's 4-4 in my book. I give Michaela the ninth. And the 10th round rolls around and neither of them put their foot on the gas. And I was just like, yo, it's such a close fight. Go out there and get it. At least go down trying if you're Michaela. Because at best, in my opinion, you're fighting for a draw. You were down 3 nothing. Yep. So you're fighting for a draw. If it's already close, you're fighting to seal that 6-4 victory. Right now, there's no way you've run away with this shit. So go out there, put the pressure on. And that was the story when she did it. Bone Gardner got comfortable and teed off on her. When she put the pressure on, when she actually took the fight to Bone Gardner, it's not like Bone Gardner was hurting her with shots. Michaela could throw in between punches and she was doing well. She lacked the volume. She went out there trying to outclass her. Um, I even talked to Michaela. Honestly, like whatever, maybe before next fight, I'll do an interview or something. But, and I'm sure she wouldn't admit this. I, I don't know if it's her or her camp. I think there was an innate fear of Bumgarner's power. Absolutely. For all the shit talking, for everything, the resume, the, I think what she did to Terry Harper and freezing her and everything. I thought that, I think there was a fear and how muscular Bumgarner came in. She was ripped. She looked great. I think there was a fear of that power. Because we see Michaela firefight and trade with everyone else. She wouldn't do it here. And then the yeah. cards are red. Michaela gets a seven to three card off red. I'm like, what? Yeah. And then the next two cards, six four, Alicia Baumgartner. I personally thought seven three, six four, five five would have been the way to go. Draw it up, let's run this shit back. But it didn't go that way. I had it a draw. I never saw a route for Michaela winning. 6-4 Bumgarner, I could be talked into. And that's what it ended up being. And Alicia Bumgarner says she's not going to give her the rematch, even though people would love to see that fight again. It's main event worthy. Bumgarner wants to be undisputed. There's no rematch clause. I'm not, I couldn't say, honestly, Michaela would have gave her a rematch. Fuck it, it's all fair. <laughs> all fair in love and war. And uh, yeah, you don't have to. Michaela is now... In a sticky place. I don't know where she goes. But Bumgarner now has her plan laid out. She knows what she's chasing. And her star power increased exponentially from this fight. Yeah, so I guess I'll start with the fight itself. Michaela May and her team need to go back and watch that fight and start kicking themselves immediately. 
as a team. Michaela needs to because she respected Alicia a little bit too much. She, I, I don't care about the trash talk. I'll talk about trash talk more when we get to the Caleb Plant fight. But uh, the trash talk led to, um, you think that they're going to fight a certain way, but Michaela respected Alicia's power. And one of two things happened. Either she respected it too much, or she was Lomachenko thinking, I'm good. I can fall behind a couple of rounds and I can just dig myself out of whatever hole. I'm downloading data. Not everybody yeah. can do that shit. Don't work for everybody. What she quickly realized is like, oh, Alicia's better than I thought. That's, I think that's what she realized about two rounds, two and a half rounds in the fight when she started making an adjustment to start press forward. She realized that Alicia was faster, probably stung her a couple of times. Like, even if you don't get hit clean, you feel somebody's power. Oh, yeah. And you recognize, like, all right, I probably shouldn't get hit clean by this woman at all. It's probably not a good idea. And she's fast and she has a nice jab. By the time she figured that out, she's down three nothing. She makes an adjustment. What she also didn't bank on was Alicia adjusting with her. So down the stretch of the fight, it wasn't like Michaela started winning rounds and then Alicia made an adjustment and it became really close. I had Bumgarner winning 6-4. I no plan to see Michaela winning this fight. If there was a draw, it would have been like, cool, I get it. But it wasn't. Michaela kind of gave this fight away yeah. by giving away those first three rounds. The, the next part about this, about Bumgarner not giving her an immediate rematch, there will be a rematch. It won't be immediate. I don't feel like boxing needs a million immediate rematch. No, it doesn't. What, I love what, when shit marinates. What what Alicia's going to do is she's going to fight Choi. Yeah. That's that's her goal. She wants to fight Choi. If she wins that fight, she's she gets to be undisputed. And then there'll be an offer on the table for a whole lot of money for a rematch with Michaela Mayer. And then Alicia will go, all right, cool, I'll take it. Yeah. But right now, there's no reason. I think Alicia knows, like, she's confident in herself. She wants to up her value. And, like... I'm doing a serious XM at the fights with Randy Gordon uh, Friday morning. And we got Alicia on the show. I pitched. I was like, yo, I need to get Alicia on the show. So I'm going to be talking to her tomorrow. And, um, but I want to ask you that. It's like, that money's going to come around. You know that money's going to come around for a Michaela fight. It'll probably end up in the States too. And you, if you beat Choi, if that fight happens, you're the A side. You command the money. That's what you want. And I know that there's a part of her. I didn't like how Michaela handled herself in the post fight. I didn't like Michaela saying, I saw her, the defeat in her eyes. Just you. Where? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else saw that. I know I won that fight. No, you didn't. I'm sure she's gone back home. I'm sure she's watching now. And if she still delusional and thinks she won that fight, she still her corner's going to have to check her. She still, her, her, she still thinks she won. She was her on corner's going to have to check her. Yeah, her corner's going to have to check her. Because you said, Alicia, you got to eat it. You got to eat it. You talked all that shit. Alicia ain't beat nobody. Well, now she beat you. Yeah. <laughs> like now she beat you. Alicia, you're not that good. You know, I got Olympic credentials. None of that shit mattered. You lost. Eat your words. Go back into camp. Get better. Get the rematch. I think Michaela's still a great fighter. I think the the great thing about this for both of them, whether they know it or not, is this is one of those situations where nobody really lost. Like y'all no. lost. Like Michaela, you lost, but that rematch is gonna be so big. There's enough people that feel like you won. Right. Like I posted Alicia and like her winning and her with the belts. People like robbery. Michaela got robbed. And I'm like, what are y'all watching? But worst word in boxing. You know what? Cool. There's enough people who believe you won that builds the intrigue. And there's nothing better in boxing than a good trilogy. 
Yeah, and, and oh, if you think the trash talk was bad for this one, imagine the rematch. Oh. We got to make specials for this. Hey, man, I'm going to have to call Alicia. We're going to have to do a whole video package, WWE style. <laughs> I, you Everything. think I'm playing? No, I, I promise mean, you. And it's huge. if it's ESPN, if it's wherever the hell that fight ends up, printing money. Yes, printing huge, money. Huge. Because one, they are both stars. They both look like stars. They have it. And Ali, I mean, when I say Alicia has it, what I mean, oh. not just the looks, I'm talking about her personality, her yep. charisma. She has it in spades. The whole community, the hip hop community should be rallying behind. Women in hip hop need to rally behind Alicia Baumgartner and Clarissa Shields right now. Oh, Glorilla got to walk her out. Yeah. Like, next joint. Well, Ice Spice. Still here. Yeah, whoever. Is. Whoever's next. Anyone <laughs> besides Nicki Minaj. Get anybody. Yeah. Um, I posted on ringside. Cardi was like, yes, sis. Because she yeah. came out to the Cardi verse. Yep. Cardi will be around. As long as Cardi get pregnant, yep. Cardi will walk her ass out. You, like, you got options. Plenty. You from Detroit. And- she from Detroit, where Che Noir is from. She from Detroit, where Royce is from. Tony Harrison is her trainer. And me and Tony <laughs> Harrison have talked in the past, and Tony knows Royce. There are connections here. That was a ballsy choice, by the way, to go with Tony, Tony Harrison. midway through camp. Yeah, it was, but it worked out. I mean, he knows how to pull up a setter, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I've done it before. Uh, Tony, definitely, not to get too far off subject, is one of the guys who was like, yo, he's a pretty good fighter. But you look at him and be like, that guy be one hell of a trainer. Yeah, he sees boxing well. Like, if you yeah. listen to Tony talk boxing, he gets it. Like We'll he get gets to that it. in the Wilder fight, too. Someone who's yeah. a okay fighter. But you're yeah, like, you know what? It. As a trainer? Very good trainer. Well, yes. my got it. So, um, no, that fight, to some people, didn't deliver. I like it. I like the intrigue. I think it's set up, run it back. Everyone needs a good foil. Yep. These two will be each other's foils. Now, to the main event, a fight 10 years in the making. We have Savannah Marshall, one title, versus the quote, Clarissa Shields, the rest of the belts, at 160. And to me, this, it, the buildup, I was like, yo, this has the, the potential to rival what we saw in Serrano and Katie Taylor, right? But then as the fight kept going, a fight we kept going, I really sat down, I was like, you know what? I'm kind of disrespectful to Serrano and Katie Taylor because I don't know what Savannah Marshall is. Yeah. Like, she's not them. She's not Clarissa. So I'm like, I can't say this, like, on that scale because I don't know what the hell Savannah Marshall is. But, like, Savannah Marshall could very well do what Christina Hammer did, roll over, and this should be a wash, and it's whack. And then we get to the fight. Again, great entrances. Clarissa choreographed dance. I always love when she dances. Yeah. She comes out. Once she wore a ball gown to like a, a full ass gown to the arena. Looks amazing. And she hit like a million. I got like 1.4 million views on TikTok off of that. Incredible. She gets it. But in terms of marketing and her brand, everyone treated her like a big deal. But sometimes she could have been Andre Ward. No disrespect to Andre Ward. But she could have been Andre Ward real quick because she don't got yeah. power. She don't got none of that shit. She was like, it's like, how do you market her? Some people do dislike her and hate her just because she's black. Let's just keep it real. She she black and speaks her mind, so people are going to hate her. But others, she's made fans. She made fans in the UK in this fight because she has enough flash. She has enough, like, 
She dresses well. She looks great. Everything like she's putting it together to become more than just the best boxer in the world. Now she's one of the best entertainers in the world and the money will come with that. So I love the whole package again in the ring. And I was shocked because Clarissa did what Michaela Mayer should have done. Mm-hmm. You're against the big puncher. We're going to see what they got. I will adjust because I'm the better boxer when I get rattled. It's the Floyd mentality because people give Floyd shit and say he's just running, running, running. That's not the case. If he knew he he go in there with a puncher, first two rounds, he get hit a little bit. He'd be like, oh, I don't want them to hit me. And then he'd run, outpoint you and be like, cool, because I'm the better boxer. But if he tasted your power and you were a punk, he don't stand there with you. He's going to trade. And that's what Clarissa did. She took the power. She was like, ah, this girl hits hard. Not hard enough to get me the fuck out of here. So I'm going to throw punches and bunches. And they threw a ton of punches in the first five rounds of that fight. And Savannah Marshall brought out the best of Clarissa, but she ate everything Clarissa was giving. And Clarissa was sitting down on punches. She wasn't moving around. It, It was so different than her other fights. And Savannah was just like, whatever, walking through stuff. I thought Savannah took a couple of the rounds when Clarissa kind of took her foot off the gas. So I thought, I thought the first five was clean sweep for Clarissa. But then we get to like maybe seven and eight. I give to Marshall. Clarissa ended strong, nine and 10. I think officially Savannah only outlanded Clarissa in one round. Yep. But I'll give her two shits and giggles. I like the way she pressured and she stood there. And a couple rounds, she had the harder punches. But I left this fight thinking, Yo, there's not a loser here. Like I, Savannah Marshall proved what I needed her to prove to me coming into this fight. Like, no, she is good. She ain't Clarissa good, but she's pretty damn good. She she could be in a Wilder Fury type realm where you know what? Anyone else she fights, I might pick. I might pick her because Savannah showed me a lot in that fight. And everyone's not going to take the punches like Clarissa take the punches or slick enough. Um, the best thing, and I'll let you go through the fight as well, I saw afterwards, not the, the hugs, the sportsmanship, no rematch there. Um, but I do love Franchone, Cruz Desert walking up to the ring to Savannah Marshall and was like, move up. You want another shot at Undisputed? Let's go. Make that fight right now, right now. Because yep. she may not be able to beat Clarissa. But I'm... I've seen Franchon lose. Franchon was great. I've seen her lose to someone with pop. The girl popped for every steroid under the moon after Franchon got her belt back and then never looked back, became undisputed champion. But I give Savannah a chance at beating Franchon. And if she does that, now we have one hell of a rematch because Clarissa could be a three-division undisputed champion in a rematch against Savannah Marshall at 168. Yeah, I mean, she's three times undisputed. So there's it'd be three four, division four yeah. times, which is one absurd. One, I said it before. Clarissa Shields is the best women's pound for pound fighter in the world. Katie Taylor is not. There's not no one A and one B. No, she is. That. She is now one on ESPN. She is the greatest women's fighter ever. Yeah, I mean, I will hold off on the greatest women's fighter ever talk until she retires. The only reason why okay. is because if she Roy Jones herself, then it fucks everything up. <laughs> Even then, her catalog is better than every other woman. So no, it's like 
I agree. But, you know, somebody else can come along in the middle of all this. But right now, if, if her career ends today, yes, greatest women's fighter of all time, hands down. But even still, she's easily number one pound for pound. I, I told you it was wild that somebody was like, oh, she's the underdog in this fight. A, a betting, a sports book had her as a plus 100 underdog. No, she's the best. Oh, she's you should have told me that. I would have I bet my house on it. She's the best. She proved that she was the best. She fought the perfect fight. She, you know, some people were like, uh, oh, she's, you know, why is she so emotional? Because she went into enemy territory, like another fighter we're going to talk about, and won. Because you never know what those judges are thinking. Savannah didn't land shit, and was, that crowd was, yeah, Savannah. Mm-hmm. One and, of the judges gave Savannah four rounds. Yeah, which is crazy. Six you to gotta, four? You go in there with a two-point two hole. Like yep. Two rounds down. As soon as the fight starts, you're two rounds down. But she overcame all that. She won undisputed again. I don't know where she goes from here in terms of opponents. She, I know she's going back to PFL to have another fight. But, dude, black women are amazing. Her and Alicia. Like, once upon – and the reason why I say this is there were no black women in boxing once upon a time. It really weren't. Not foreigners. It was mostly foreigners, Christy Martin. And we had, Layla, we had uh Yeah, and Wolf and Layla. And Wolf. That's it. And, Layla yeah. and like Lucia Riker, I don't know what the hell she was. Uh she was a machine though that Christy Martin never wanted a part of. But other than that, like there was there's never been like aside from Layla Ali, there's never been like truly charismatic black women in boxing. But now you have uh Alicia Bumgarner, Clarissa Shields, Jessica McCaskill. Like uh, Ramla Ali, who I tell everybody, keep an eye on Ramla Ali because yeah. she's nice. Not only is she walking runways because she's a beautiful woman, but she can scrap. Franchon like they, is there. Yeah, um, Franchon is there. Like there, there are some excellent we have like Jonas. I think Jonas yeah, Natasha Jonas. A, yes, and Natasha Jonas is yep. at one fifty four. I think she yes. might have picked up one of belts. They, they, there are some. There's some black excellence in women's boxing. I just love to see it. I just love to see it, but. And they're all so different. That's my favorite part. It's like no two are the same. The temperament and look and presentation, it doesn't have to be, everyone has to be the mean black woman or the scary black woman, like stereotype. No, some people are talkers. Some people aren't. Some people dress like this. Some people dress like that. Like it's, it's cool to be whoever you are. There's all different types of black people, black women there representing. Yep. So it's, it's great. Beautiful for women's boxing. Like I said, 2022 is a huge year. It's a year that we'll go back on. And there will be women who start boxing five or six years from now and say this, that particular night, this, this year, oh, yeah. 2022 is the reason why I started boxing. That's how big this year is for women's boxing. Hands down. Oh, and before we move on, there is definitely love the black excellence and everything. There's, I rarely delete comments, like in comment sections. Um, one comment that is whack and not fair to Savannah Marshall and it was like a, a photo, like GIF one on Twitter. And it was getting too much traction. I was like, yo, get this the fuck out of here. But it was um, a clip from the Great White Hype. And saying it was like the great. I was like, yo, she ain't that. No, she not. She, she wasn't forced into it the, because they want a white champion. Yeah, like, that's not how this works. No, nah, that's, that's not the narrative. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, you whack for that. <laughs> I was like, yeah. So it's like, yeah, no, nah, like. The black excellence is, is lovely. And I, I love that. I love the dynamics. I love everyone getting to be themselves. All the women. Um, again, Christina Ham is out there. Uh, Sinyessa is about to fight, making her top ranked debut in a couple of weeks. Like everyone's just so dope. Everyone got their own balance. Women's boxing. And people say boxing is dead. 
oh my god i hate boxing i'm made so much better women's boxing everything we complain about in men's boxing women's boxing is figured out they have everything besides the huge paychecks yep and that that hopefully that'll change soon and three minute rounds the yep. huge paycheck three minute rounds are 12 12 round fights if you yep. want to keep it two minutes that's the only thing they do wrong outside of that it's amazing. All these women are fighting each other. They'll fight each other multiple times. They all want to be undisputed. They're all traveling everywhere to make these fights happen. Wherever you got to go. Like, yo, I got to fight you in your auntie's backyard. You paying me? That's where we're going to do it. So I love women's boxing right now. So all the kudos to them. To me, the biggest fighter weekend was their fight. Definitely. But then we have Devin Haney traveling on the road again to Australia to fight George Cambosis. It was in the contract. No matter what he wanted to say, what he wanted to do, he had to go back out there and give Cambosis his, his shake at the title again. And though this was a different fight than the first, Haney dominated from front to back, fought a different fight. Cambosis tried to adjust and be more, I, I want to say elusive, or like he tried like a peekaboo style, but he kind of just... Looked like uh, Jim Carrey in the yeah. gift, where you're just going like herky jerky side to side. Like it was very weird, and I thought it negated Cambosis's power completely, trying to do too much and, and get Devin off his angles and stuff. And and Devin cruised again, and Devin's been on my pound for pound since he beat Cambosis last time. I think it's disrespectful to not have an undisputed champ on your pound for pound list. Uh, other people at ESPN disagree with me. With that being said, two wins against Cambosis. Now we don't we don't know what Cambosis is besides a guy who beat Teofimo Lopez on his worst night with a hole in his esophagus, right? Like, unfortunately, and we'll talk about Cambosis here in a second. He could be headed towards Buster Douglas land. Yeah, where that that was it, and so looking at that, it's just how good is Devin Haney? After this fight, he showed us a different style, but he never hurt Cambosis. He never got him out of here. He he never got close to that. Tio, with half half a lung and weight cutting issues, dropped the man in the tenth. Like it would, I don't know what Devin is. I know he's one of the most fundamentally sound boxers in the world. I, I still don't know how that handles power how they handle someone as quick as him as elusive as skilled i'm i'm not sure if people say he's still not pound for pound i I get it because i I don't know who he's fought to really say he's better than anyone else you could put up there Mm. i'll disagree with that because he's beat jojo diaz he's beat lenares he's beat cambosis twice um i'm sorry kill but the astros just hit a home run on the yankees as we're recording this podcast. That's fine. <laughs> what else? <laughs> but he's beat, he has beat better opposition than his peers. He's beat better opposition than Tank. He's beat better opposition than Ryan. He, the only person that is his peer is Shakur. Hmm. So I think it goes Shakur, Devin, and then the rest. T.O. is the wild card in this because T.O. did beat Lomachenko. Yeah. T.O. has the best resume. He's, he beat Lomachenko. That's his resume. He beat Comey straight up for the belt. And he, he beat didn't Richard beat Comey. him. He starched him. Yeah, but here, here's my thing. I'm not going to be critical of Devin Haney's power. Floyd Mayweather did not knock out everybody. Best fighter in the world. At, towards that, correct. 
Yeah. He, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of knockouts. Early um, on, he had some power. He was beating Shakur, a lot of people. Shakur Stevenson doesn't knock everybody out. No, but they punish people when they need to. But Devin, Devin he really punished punish George Cambosis. George Cambosis was a bloody mess in that fight. He got beat up in that fight. George Cambosis has a chin. That's more all. So, more so of this fight than the previous, sure. I mean, Devin fought a different fight. Devin yeah. looked at it and it was like, okay, I know what you're going to do. And then we started coming for it. It's like, perfect. He started blitzing with that lead right hand. And any fighter, you start cutting loose lead right hand, that's trouble. Can't yeah. get out of the way of anything. I won't be critical about Devin not knocking George out. Maybe George isn't built to be knocked out. Knocked out. Maybe he's just like Adrian Broner. Can't knock him out. Do whatever you want. He's just not going to lose like that. He'll just get beat. I think Devin is the second best of these so-called, I guess you can call them five kings now, because now it's between 35 and 40 with Tank, Ryan. Like, you can't tell me Ryan's got a, a remotely close better resume than, than Devin Haney does. No, no, no. Ryan. Tank doesn't. neither. Who Tank, is Tank, Tank has the worst resume. <laughs> By far. Yeah. Tio's the only person that you can say, okay, well, you have the best victory of everybody with Lomachenko, but you lost. No matter what you say, you lost. Yep. And it, it, it happened. But it's a redeemable loss because yeah. if you keep winning, we'll forget about it because we'll, we'll literally say, yeah, COVID complications, all that shit was going on. That wasn't really a loss. Yeah. You just got to keep winning. If so he was like, title chasing at 140, I'd say, fuck it, run it back with Cambosis at 140 pounds to beat him up just yeah. to show you that you could, but he's title chasing. No, but Devin, Devin Haney is, he is that good. But I still, right now, based on those two performances uh, that I saw from him and what I saw of Shakur, I still right now I think Shakur is the class. He he is he is the man. Oh, yeah, I think he's the best out of all. He proposed like a, a, a super six tournament. It, the shit will never happen, but it's great to think about. Half um, of it's extremely easy. Yeah, but it's just super six people don't remember the super six tournament was horrible. In yeah. the sense that the injuries are crazy. Yeah. yeah. It, it just took forever to complete this tournament. And you don't want to do that with these guys. All they have to do now is fight each other. That's all that's left. Just fight each other. Devin, Shakur, Tio, Tank, Ryan, Isak Cruz. Got Re- Regis Progray at 40. He's getting ready to fight. Josh Taylor. You have a lot of – all these guys, you just need to fight each other. Jose Ramirez is still hanging around. They all got to fight each other. That's it. I was impressed with Devin Haney's performance. He didn't knock him out. I didn't care. He beat the shit out of Devin uh, George Cambosis. And he's the undisputed lightweight champion. Can't take that away from him. He's pound for pound for me. No, yeah, he's been on my pound for pound. It's, it's just – I guess if people want to keep him off, whatever. Then we go to Brooklyn to end the night. Caleb Plant versus Darrell in the co-main event. For a second, the card was kind of like boring, and then it kicked up. Well, this fight sucked. It ended up being like three straight finishes for this night because Frank Sanchez, it took him forever. But Frank Sanchez gets the knockout to open up the pay-per-view card. And then you're like, all right. And then Plant Darrell kind of sucked for a second. It sucked the whole fight. The fight was bad. It was ugly. They were throwing each other around. Darrell was, was rabbit punching. Yeah. It, was, it was not a good fight until the knockout happened. The fight sucked. And the knockout came swift justice. Hey, man. This Don't is what happens when you say you'll never get knocked out by a white boy. Yeah, I mean, Darrell says he never said it now. And he's like, if anybody can find a tape of me saying whatever, you guys talked a lot of shit. And I talked about this on my little show where I said, basically, if you talk shit, like people like, yeah, I talked had Dan Raphael. And he was like, nah, the sportsman, like, I don't care. If you're talking shit to me about my skin color or my family or any of this shit, and we get in the ring and I knock you out, I'm celebrating. 
Did Caleb celebrate a little too long? Maybe. Like, after the referee came in, like, he kept shoveling dirt on Darrell. I was like, God damn, he's dead. Like, you buried the corpse. <laughs> but you talk that kind of shit, you get knocked out, I'm dancing. It's like a home run celebration. Easy. You talk shit to me. And it's weird because in baseball. I wasn't mad when what's-his-face was rocking the baby. Exactly. But guess when, what? When we eliminated your ass, we're going to rock the baby. Glaber saw Nair again, and he was like, hey, bro, rock that baby. And yeah. what happens in baseball? If I if I pose after I hit a home run, what's the pitcher going to do to me in my next at bat? You don't throw yeah. the ball in my fucking head. Yeah. That's worse than a punch because I don't know that's just coming at my head. I don't care about the celebration. It doesn't bother me. People that were pissed off about it, like, dude, they talk shit. If Darrell would have done the same thing for talking shit, I would have understood. Now, if Canelo's fighting somebody that he respects and he knocks him out and he's shoveling dirt on him, now that's disrespectful because y'all came in with respect. These two had no respect for each no. other. Canelo could have shoved dirt on Triple G if he knocked him out. I would have been fine with it. Yeah, Caleb, Caleb Plant did what he had to do and knocked out a man he said he was going to punish. And now uh, I'm interested to see where he goes from here. I mean, Charlo hasn't fought in a year and a half. I don't know why. I don't know what the Gary Russell Jr. disease is, but it's like these fighters have it, where it's like we're going to fight on a holiday. Charlo, bud. They got to stop, man. Y'all got to fight more often. You're killing me. They just wasting their prime. So whatever. Whatever. Um, but that'd be a great fight for him. Obviously, Benavidez is an amazing fight. But Benavidez just booked a fight. Yeah, he did. He's got Utsukaki in um, February. And that's somebody Caleb already beat. Um, look, man. This Caleb, Caleb just want to come back real quick, stay busy, fight in February, yeah. and line each other up for like June. I mean, that's what it looks like. Like, Caleb ain't scared to fight nobody. David clearly is. He's calling everybody named Mama out. If they Mamas ain't going to get in the ring, Caleb's going to have to get in the ring. But probably at the end of 2023, I, I think that fight will happen. If I'll neither of them get summertime. Canelo. Jesus. Yeah, if neither of them get Canelo, then they should fight each other. They ain't getting that's Canelo it. without fighting each other because Canelo ain't going to budge. Y'all yeah. going to have to earn this money. All right, now it's time for the main event. Deontay Wilder, Robert Hellenius, Dre. One round, four punches, one night-night. It didn't take much, but in the one, four punches, I saw more technique than I've seen a lot from Wilder. Not that that last punch was very, a ton of technique in it, but he took his time. Um, my biggest thing about Wilder that I hate, he got a little John Jones in him, where I hate the pawing jab. Like, you big, you got power. You know, use that stick, as they say. Throw a hard jab. Knock someone's head back. Go spend a month with Lennox Lewis. Learn how to use that jab, big fella. And he never does it. I saw him at least throw three strong jabs. He did it the third fight with Fury to the body. Mm, He steps into it. I need more of that from him. I can't tell you if we're going to get that because it took four punches, Dre. And he damn near killed a man. Moving backwards with a sneaky right hand. I mean, we learned. I mean, we learned nothing new about Deontay. We just we just learned he's fine. That's all we learned. He's That's fine. It. Is there anything new to learn? Like, no, he's fine. That's people were like, "What's he gonna be like?" No, he's fine. He's fine. He's the same Deontay that he was before. If he lands, he's gonna kill you. And I think it does more for Fury's legacy that he keeps wiping people out. And you go back and it was like that dude got up four times. Yes. He got up four times. Robert Hellenius, it's very rare in boxing 
that your main and your co-main event produce a knockout of the year contender. Yeah. We got two of them in one night. And funny thing, Caleb Plant and Deontay Wilder, the times of their knockouts were exactly the same, 257. Really? Yep. <laughs> but uh, here's what we know about Deontay. He is definitely, if not the hardest puncher in boxing history, he's top three. Yeah. No question. Him, him and Big George are, are neck and neck at this point. So you, you have George Foreman. Uh, you have Deontay Wilder. You have Ernie Savers, who never won a title. Yeah. You have Joe Lewis was a pretty big puncher, but not as big as Deontay. The thing about that makes Deontay different is it's one-punch murder. Yes. Like, it, it doesn't take – and it's not like we've only seen – like, I've seen Klitschko knock people out of one punch. I've seen him use multiple punches. Most of Deontay's knockouts are literally one punch, and they and they wipes people out. That's why Foreman is the only comparable thing. Like that drive by uppercut by Foreman is the greatest thing I've ever seen in a boxing ring. But like even Foreman, even take Foreman, people out. Like Foreman, like everybody remembers him knocking out Michael Moore. Like he was losing the fight and he just mowed him down with one punch down the middle. But think about this, Foreman. This is not a disrespect to George Foreman's power because he's still one of the biggest punches in boxing history. Sonny Liston as well. He had it took him knocking Joe Frazier down like three times. Like he clubbed Joe Frazier multiple times. Deontay didn't need that. Like Deontay, it's what you don't get up. He wasn't facing Joe Frazier here. No, of course sure. not. When of he faced the guy of, of that excellent level, I mean it did take I, three or four times. I don't know. Like, technique be damned. If that man lands flush. There aren't too many people that are like six nine, almost three hundred pounds, in boxing history. Like to absorb that, right? And more importantly, we have to remember Deontay Wilder. What for most of his career, including this fight, he was around two thirteen. He was two thirteen for this fight, and he's fighting Robert Lennox, who's got a good forty pounds on him. He's and he eight pounds away him. from Cruiser. Pound for pound, he's the biggest puncher in boxing history. If he went down to Cruiser, he's wiping out the division in four months. Like he's months. he. Again, like people are gonna say Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson did not hit like Deontay Wilder. I watched a lot of Mike Tyson. Like he would hit people, but they wouldn't just he'd knock them out. Like he would knock them out, they'd get up and like stumble. Deontay Wilder is killing people. He is separating them from their senses where they can't get up. Bermain Stavern. Spitzka. Go watch the Spitzka fight. Watch what he did to him. Dominic Brazil died. Just crashed. He did. <laughs> Luis Ortiz twice. Hit Luis Ortiz on the top of the forehead. Yeah, not even like a point where like jaw, temple, top of the forehead. I, I don't care what y'all say. Y'all can throw any name at me, Deontay Wilder. You can make an argument he punches harder than anybody we've ever seen in boxing. This is absurd. What he does, he erases people. And it looks like Wilder versus Ruiz will be next ordered Maybe. by the WBC. Yeah, nobody's gonna listen to them. Like, if they make that fight, it's because they feel like making that fight because they're both under PBC. Like, that's the only reason that fight will get made. WBC ordering that fight, I guarantee you, if the WBC orders that fight and if a call, you know, they're going to try to call Eddie Hearn, the Joshua fight's just going to take a lot longer to make, right? Because there's yeah. just too many things to jump over. But if for some reason, Alexander Usyk feels froggy, that's the fight that'll happen next. And it, like, It's going to be him fury, though. Like, because undisputed, it should be. he's on the clock. So yeah. you don't want to. No, Wilder I, I, will always be there. 
Yeah, he will. I'm just saying if he felt froggy, like there's nothing that ties him explicitly to Andy Ruiz. It's probably the fight that will happen next. And it's still a very big fight. Oh, he's yeah. going to kill Andy Ruiz. He's going to kill that man. Yeah. He's going to kill Andy Ruiz. The fight that I want to see is Deontay Wilder and Joe Joyce. Oh, I think Joe Joyce, I want to see him against one of these top guys. If Deontay Wilder can Joyce watch Joyce Joshua, I think will happen before Joyce Fury, Joyce Probably. Wilder. I, I think that's a, a fight. And I'm not sure if Anthony Joshua wants that smoke. I don't know. Joe Joyce isn't big on technique. He's just big on coming forward and, and wearing you down. Anthony Joshua, he had a problem with Usyk. He got caught by Ruiz. It, it, they're all intriguing fights, but you got to remember Anthony Joshua's got an eraser too. So he, he punches a lot harder than Joseph Parker. When he throws, yes, he does. When yeah, he, he sits punch, on it. Yeah, he punches a lot a harder than Joseph Parker. But the fact of the matter is, is that Deontay Wilder's legacy, I, when it's all said and done, like I... The, the Lenny's knockout just did it for me. Because, again, Tyson wiped out Burbick. Tyson wiped out people. Then Tyson got knocked the fuck out, right? Like, he got yeah. beat up by Buster Douglas. He couldn't put Buster Douglas away. Oh, Tyson's it was definitely a, the third hardest puncher. I don't know how I didn't mention Tyson. Yeah, cool. I, I don't even know if Tyson's the third hardest. Because I think... I, I think... That uppercut was... Yeah, but I mean, er, dog, Ernie Shavers was murdering people. Sonny Liston was murdering people. Mike Tyson, when somebody stood up to him, he wasn't the same. Mike Tyson was more fear-based. It was, don't, I'm not saying he didn't have power. That's ridiculous. But at a certain point, it became fear-based. The man sure. was intimidating. But you got to get there first. Like he, I agree. He was knocking but, the hell out of people to get that fear but first. Like, so, like, he was Lennox a kid. Lennox Lewis was a big puncher. Yeah. Uh, Vitaly Klitschko was a big puncher. These, they all, they all rev- Joe Frazier was a big was a puncher. a big dude, yeah. Yeah, they all revolve in the same hemisphere of big punchers. But again, I just... Deontay Wilder could lose a whole fight and just land one punch and it's over. I can't say that about any other heavyweight. George did it against Michael Moore, but he couldn't get rid of Muhammad Ali. No. Like, Muhammad Ali had a tremendous chin. Like, the punch he took from Joe Frazier were hellacious as well. I just decided, and then, again, why he hovered around 215? Doing this to people? That's This is, the power is nuts. Technique, we could talk about all that shit. I don't care. I'm just saying, if he hits you, he's going to touch a guy. Because it, it can come from wherever. There was no windup. That's the other thing. Knockout. He's not <laughs> loading up these punches. He's just letting it go. He was on the back foot and just kind of threw it out there. It, it almost looked like he was just trying to push him off of him. The right grazed his chin, and he was out. <laughs> so I predicted. I said, I thought Wilder was going to get a knockout in the middle rounds. And I said on Twitter, for like, but if Alanis is feeling froggy and starts to come forward, this fight's going to end very early. Because he's going to run into it. Yep. It's a, it's if you don't know how to box and defend yourself moving forward, Tyson Fury does that very well. Upper body movement, covering up, having a big body, making punches, hit his arms. But even Fury made a few mistakes and yes, fell into did. an uppercut and was like, it's like fuck, right? <laughs> he just ends up on the but, ground. Like, God damn it, he got me again. <laughs> yeah, but Hellenius just walked into it. He walked into it and it was a punch that yeah, somebody else hits you with that punch. He's like, cool, I can get through that. Konaki hits him with that punch. He's like, I'm good. But Wilder hits you with that punch. It wasn't like Hellenius went down and they were like, oh, he's, he's all right. He was staring at the stars and asking God what happened for a good, like, two minutes. He had no clue where he was at. Man considered retirement. He was like, all right, fuck this. <laughs> that's, that's different, man. In Wilder's moment, different. Different power. I want to see Wilder against everyone that's not Fury. That's why yeah. they're like, oh, it's an eliminator for Fury's title. For what? I don't got to see mean, them a fourth time. If they want to mm-hmm. do it as their last fight, 
Sure. They might. They might. Sure. But let them clear everyone else out yep. Yep. and round back. And it, then it, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to leave it at this. Yeah. If Wilder went out there and beat Joshua, Joyce, and Fury beat Usyk, and Ruiz was gone, and all they had left with each other, and they both looked and was like, ah, this, is, this is our let's swan song. Yep. Let's do it. Give, give Fury, Usyk, and Joyce. Give Wilder, Ruiz, and AJ. Yep. And then it's... Let's circle back. <laughs> and, and <laughs> That's it. It's the biggest fight in boxing. That's if it. they if these two destroy everybody in their path, and they're just left with each other again, especially after what we saw in that third fight, which is one easily the greatest heavyweight fight we've seen this in this in the two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean Joshua Klitschko is up there as well, but this was this was ridiculous because the ebbs and flows of this fight. Yeah, I'd watch it. I'd watch a fourth fight. If Wilder beat up people, I'd watch it again. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Because he always has a chance. Always, he's never out of the fight. Ever, <laughs> like it's just like. I watch it 10 times because you know what? On that 10th fight, Fury might not get him. The beauty of combat, unlike any other sport, there is no home run that gets you five runs. There is no touchdown to get you 10 points. There is no goal in soccer or hockey to get you more than one goal. There is no single shot in any other sport that can erase an enormous deficit. In boxing, it literally takes one punch. And that's all Wilder's ever needed, and he has it. Nobody else has this kind of power. I'm a nerd out. It's like Harry Potter. He catches the golden snitch. It's like he's playing Quidditch. You could be down a buck 20. Catch the snitch, game over, you win. It's the ultimate eraser. It yep. does, doesn't matter what the score is. It doesn't matter. Nine rounds to nothing. Unreal. It, Unreal. He lands that curtains. Yep. Good night. You're looking up like, God damn, I had this fight. Next thing you know, you're on your back. So, man, it's interesting to see what, what comes next. Hopefully it's Andy Ruiz. Because Ruiz, one, needs to pay day. Two, I don't know what the hell he is right now. He's slimmer. Yeah, he's in shape. He hasn't impressed me much in his last two fights. Let's go. Let's see if he can take a punch. He's been dropped by less in his past yeah. two fights. Let's see if he can survive this. And then this weekend we have Lara versus San Martin. Uh, matchroom card. I just love 126. I'll yeah, probably go with Lara. Yeah, I'm going to go with Lara winning. Should have been his title shot, whatever. But the belts are everywhere at 126. But for my money, this is the next division that sees an undisputed champ. Yeah. Because I'm not sure about 122. 122 technically should be the next one. Um, But because what? We got cool boy Steph down there. There's only two champions at 122. There's like two people. They should just fight. There'll probably be a rematch clause. But 126, even though the belts are everywhere, I just, I love the landscape. Um, Robesi Ramirez, who signed the top rank, is lurking. I I think he captures the belt this next year. Um, There's just so many fighters, and they're all beatable. I love a division like that. No one's dominant. So I want to see everybody fight everyone. So 126 is uh, one of my favorite divisions to watch. That's our show for today, though. We talked about everything from Kanye to Wilder, everything in between. We appreciate you guys for listening, as always. Shout out to everyone at Blue Wire. We are not in studio today, recording from home. But we'll be back there next week to talk, was probably MMA, to open up the week next week because we have a loaded pay-per-view. So if you guys are in town next week, Vegas, hit us up. Let us know. Always come watch us record. It is always fun. There's a giant glass window. 
uh, in the front. Amazing place. Follow us on social media as well. Corner Podcast underscore Twitter. Corner Club for Life on Instagram. YouTube, the Corner Podcast for all of our content. For myself, for the old man, Andreas Hell. We appreciate you all. Stay safe. Till next time, we're out. Peace. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.